This is the Patriots Catch-22 Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar from Lazar. Hello, everybody. Nailed it. Joined, as always, by Alex Barth. That's a bit. That's a match. No risk it, no risk it. 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. band is back together, babe. 22. Hello, everybody, and welcome into a new Patriots Catch-22 podcast right here on Patriots.com. Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, as always, coming to you on a Wednesday. Regular time today, Alex. You don't have to do it early. Regular time. We got some extra time, too, because locker room's not until 4 p.m., so we'll have some time to talk to you guys over the next hour or so. Let's call it an hour plus. But not, not what I was expecting to be talking about today. Alex, I, I thought we were com- going to come into the show today on a three-game winning streak with the conversation being more driven by, okay, how real is this, right? Like, did they right. did they just beat up on bad teams like they did at times last year during that seven-game winning streak? And how much can stock can we put into it and all this type of thing? I could never imagine that we would be sitting in a position not necessarily look at, at any given Sunday or any given Monday in this case that things can happen and you can lose games to any team in the NFL but this really feels like a franchise altering sort of moment right because you drafted this quarterback in the first round of the draft last year and I don't think that the decision to not go with Mac moving forward or at least for this season if that is the decision is ankle related right I don't think this is an injury related decision I think this would be more performance related decision and that means that you're kind of pressing the reset button at that position which obviously means we're in a totally different charted water than if they had just played poorly against Chicago and lost the game right Right. this is a much bigger conversation than that I do want to get into how each quarterback and specifically Mac actually played in the game, not necessarily all the drama, but I think you have to address the elephant in the room off the top in that this is a dramatic moment for this organization right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of, I've seen people trying to nail down. What did this game feel like? What it looked like the game that came to mind for me was the 2020 game against the Niners. Yeah, and the Patriots had had some success early in the year. They lost that tough one in, in, you know, they lost late in Seattle. They lost the tough one against Kansas City when Cam had COVID. They they came back the next week. They played a close one against the Broncos after a COVID riddled week, and it was like, hey, you know, there might be something here. They've had some stuff to overcome, but they've put some competitive football on tape when they're healthy. You know, the Niners weren't great that year. They were three and three coming into that game. They ended up finishing six and ten, and it was twenty six six. The score didn't. I would say, accurately reflect how lopsided that game was. And that was the first time in that season it was like, okay, they might need to hit the reset button on this. And I'm not saying that it's totally time for reset, but that game really had you... I don't think you're looking at that game and thinking, okay, like, you know, they, they like you said, it's not like they play poorly and, and it happens any given Sunday, you move on. That game kind of makes you reflect on the bigger picture outlook of the team. Yeah, I think that's where we're at, unfortunately. And uh, you can give us a call. We have two calls already, Alex, on, on the call screen right now. So yeah. we're already calling in. We're going to get to you guys here in a second after we break down uh, these two quarterbacks. But 855-PATS-500 is the number. Uh, web radio at Patriots.com if you want to email us. I already have an email, too. So we got we got a lot of feedback from uh, fans here that want to. I think we need to hear from the. I know we're going to get in the quarters. I think yeah. we need to hear from the people today. I think it's that kind of show. It definitely is. So 
I want to talk about how Mac Jones actually played in this game and sort of break down the nine dropbacks, eight if you want to take one, the penalty negating play off the board uh, that he actually had. And uh, I think what I've come at this all the time in the same way, and that is from a coaching standpoint, when you chart, when you watch even at home I I think a lot of people can watch this game live on Monday night that probably don't dive back into the all 22 or even a replay of the game like we do and and really dissect what was going on on the field can watch it at home and say "Hmm, this seems like a much different style of offense that they're playing with one quarterback versus the other and and the best way that you can break it down is, is that Mac Jones for all intents and purposes is running a vertical passing offense and I I, I can't I, I think the first play of the game for both quarterbacks sums it up perfectly first play of the game for Mac Jones he gets the line of scrimmage in shotgun 11 personnel, three wide receiver, and he comes to the line of scrimmage and they had a pass play called in the huddle to pass the football out of that formation. And he didn't like the look and he checks in to a run. So we're already making changes at the line of scrimmage, right? He's already coming in. He's changing to the play, changing the play to a run, resetting the mic point. You can see the communication happening on the broadcast. Very first play of the game, He's already changing plays. He's already making these types of decisions at the line of scrimmage. He's already spreading the field. They're already three wide receiver, gun, all that kind of stuff. And then Bailey Zappi gets into the game. He's also in the shotgun. But they snap the ball, and he's got a slant to his left. He's got a a sticker hitched to the tight end, and he's got a flat route on the backside and a vertical just clearing it out. But basically, nobody is running down the field for Bailey Zappi, right? Right. It is all easy, digestible reads and throws. And he hits Johnny Smith for like a four-yard completion. I'm not saying it was some crazy throw or crazy read or anything like that. But when your quarterback, going back to Mac, when your quarterback hasn't played in three weeks and your bombs away as soon as he gets back into the game – that's not easing your quarterback back in, nope. right? That's nope. throwing him right back into the fire. But then when Bailey comes in the game, they eased him in, right? They run right. they run a, a quick game concept, and they're back under center, and, and they're they're managing it Had for him. Had some play action in there. Yeah. With Mac, you know, they're running wide cross. They're running 9-8-9. They're running, you know, all these are all vertical concepts, right? right. These are down the field. First down, first and 10. I, I talked about this on Unfiltered. They run Y cross, which is, you know, it's really Z cross, I guess, for them. But Jacoby Myers runs a crossing route. Taekwon runs a vertical. And the idea is it's single high safety. So the safety can only help to one vertical, right? right? He can either cut off the crossing route or stay over the top of the vertical, but he can't do both. And that's sort of the stress that they're trying to put on the defense. But either way, that's a 20 yard plus pass, no matter what. So first and 10 from their own 23 yard line, they spread the field. They run a vertical passing concept with Mac Jones, and they're pushing the sucker down the field. And I'm thinking to myself, where's the drive starter? Like, we're, we're, we're not in a shot play area, right? When we talk about shot plays, we think about 
maybe like the 30 to the 45 of the opponent, right? On the right. other side of the field. Let's take a shot here and, and dial something up to get to the end zone, like the touchdown that Zappy threw to Jacoby Myers, right? right. Like those types of do- down and distances are good for taking shots down the field because you're trying to get it into the end zone. But when you're on your own side of the field and it's first and 10, they just kicked it deep and you're just playing football at that point right. between the 20s, like can we get – something easy can we get a slant can we get a hitch can we get some play action like just something that makes mac feel good about himself like i got a completion we got some positive yards we're moving in the right direction and instead we're bombs away and i think the the biggest takeaway that i'm getting at here i'll get your opinion on it is this is the playbook on how to ruin a first round quarterback and we used to make fun of other teams like we used to sit here and say oh like that's Oh, this team doesn't know what they're doing, right? Like this is this is bad. Like this is how you know this kid was promising at one point, or he's a good prospect coming out, or whatever, and they just completely botched his development. So now for Mac Jones, from year one to year two, he goes from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia as his offensive play caller. They've completely changed the scheme. Now he's in a vertical passing offense when he was in a short and intermediate passing game last year with McDaniels. They're not running play action. They're not dressing it up for him at all. So they're making him basically just read a full field progression and make a great throw somewhere. And then they're making it easy on Zappy. And I think a lot of people say, well, shouldn't it be easier for the rookie, right? You got to you got to make it easier on the rookie. But can we find a middle ground? Like can we can we strike a balance? Like because right now it feels like they from year 1 to year 2, they have made Mac make like a leap that you probably make from like year 1 to year 5. Right. Right? Like they've expedited that process for him and now as a result his decision making is all thrown off. Like he's making poor decisions with the football. He's locking on to first reads and not progressing past the first read. He's not playing good mentally as well as physically. And when they drafted him, mentally was the whole thing, right? Like accuracy, decision-making, that was supposed to be his calling card. And they've completely ruined his brain like his brain is needs to be recalibrated and refocused and it's it's just not at the moment but what's your read on I guess the two different styles right like how they're kind of catering to Zappy versus how they're putting Mac into this vertical base system yeah I mean we talked about this last week when Mac comes back are they going to go back to the the week one through three offense is that the Mac offense or did they realize that didn't work that was kind of the big question and they've gone back to it it does feel like when Mac is in the game and I think Mac feels this way too, and I think this is where some of the problems stem from. They're just asking him to go out there and make a play. They're asking him to go out there basically and be Patrick Mahomes, and I think he feels some pressure to do that, and that's not who he is. Yeah. That's not to say he can't be a good quarterback. You can be a good starting caliber quarterback and not be Patrick Mahomes. Those players exist. But it almost feels like he has all this what just watching him, it feels like he has pressure on him to make that play down the field to fit that ball into a tight window. That's why he's taking so many risks. And now you add to it, well, now he's playing for his job. At least that's kind of what it looks like, 100%. right? So I, I, I think you just you just used a good uh, a good term there. Like it's like from year one to year five, right? They're just suddenly putting the entire offense on his plate. And look, is it nice if you have a quarterback that you can do that with? Sure. That's what three, four guys in the league, if that. Even some, even even good quarterbacks, and even for the best guys, even for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs still build the offense around him and build it to his skill set. 
They're not asking him to do things that he can't do. There's not a lot that he can't do. Right. But they're not asking him to do things he can't do. Lamar Jackson, they're not asking him to do things he can't do. They've built that offense around him excellently. It's not a knock on a quarterback to say, oh, well, the team built the offense around him and his skill set. That's just what smart teams do. If you have a player who's good at something, don't you want to maximize what that player can do instead of trying to make him do other things? And it just feels like it felt like last year that that's exactly what they did. Yeah. They built this thing around Mac Jones, and they went out. They got him a 50-50 guy in Devontae Parker. Great addition. Ramondre with another year. They'd be able to do some more of that run, play action stuff. It felt like you know they were really making progress towards that. And now the whole offensive system, just it feels like Mac Jones is fighting the system. Where last year it felt like the system was helping him. That doesn't mean system quarterback, but a quarterback in the right system can take it to another level. Any guy. And now it feels like Mac Jones is fighting the system. Yeah, and to go kind of play-by-play play with it a little bit more. And I guess, sorry, let me just add this, too. What yeah. makes it so frustrating is with Bailey Zappi, they are playing to his skill set. Right. They are kind of, you know, putting things around him and putting him in a spot to succeed. So it's not like they can't do it because the skill sets are similar. And that's what you want from your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback. You want them to have similar skill sets. So if you have to go to the backup, not a lot has to change. So that that's what makes it so confusing is... It's not like, oh, well, they're running an offense for Zappi that works for him, but not one for Mac. but they have two different skill sets, so they'd have to change the offense. That, that's not what this is. Yeah, and to your point about running an offense that fits your quarterback, so I think the play that's going around Twitter right now is the one where Jacoby Myers puts his hand up on the sideline and, and looks like he's open. I, I mentioned 989. That's what that yeah. is, right? Two verticals on the outside, a poster, a seam up the middle of the field. And it's under center play action. He comes off the seven-step drop play action, and he his first read is up the seam. And the linebacker in the middle of the field of the Tampa 2 defense, cover 2, Tampa 2, does a great job of carrying Hunter Henry up the seam, so it's not there. Ideally, you see the safety cheating in. You see the linebacker working over the top of the seam. You get out to the boundary, and, and you hit Jacoby Myers. The, right. The problem is, is that the down and distance is around the 40-yard line of the uh, – of the bears it's second down the problem is is that that throw into the cover two hole to jacoby myers with jaquan brisker who picked him off later in the game trying to fit the ball into his own coverage hole that is a heck of a throw if he makes that throw it's not just the read it's not just seeing the receiver it's also dropping that ball into that cover two hole with the velocity that he would need to do it with after it's not even his initial read on the play. So he's late a little bit to it as well. I think there's probably like four or five quarterbacks in the world that can make that throw. If that. It's Josh Allen. It's Herbert. It's Mahomes. It's these cannon arm quarterbacks. That's not Mac Jones. Like that's not his game. If you're asking Mac Jones to fit a ball 35 yards down the field into a cover two hole to find explosives, then you are doing him a disservice. So we can sit here and say all we want that, oh, he missed the read or, oh, he, you know, he had Myers and he should have come off the seam and he should have seen this and he should have thrown this football. That is a throw that if you make that throw, the defense tips your cap. Right, right, tips their cap, and you write it down. PFF would log it as a big time throw or, or a wow throw or whatever you want to call it. That is a, one heck of a seed. That's the problem that I find the most with what they're doing with Mac is that they are asking him to be that guy. 
right? They're asking right. him to make those types of throws down the field. Okay, if you want him to throw a fade from the slot or a fade from the outside where he just has to put some air under it and drop it in the bucket, that's more his game. But if you're asking him to drive the ball in between two zone defenders, that is a really difficult throw for anybody to make, and it just doesn't fit the skill set of your quarterback. Later on, or it might have been before that, but at some other point, he hit Hunter Henry over the middle on like a 12-yard completion. It's 12 personnel. They run Hunter Henry on the dig route, Johnny Smith on a little under to hold the defense underneath it, and he, with anticipation, hits Hunter Henry in the chest, 12-yard completion, stay on schedule, let's move the chains, right? Right. That's Mac Jones. Like, when I saw that play, I was like, that's the Mac that we saw last year. Like, that's the guy that we saw last year. Quick read, accurate throw, ball is out on time. Like, that's the type of quarterback that he is. Short, intermediate, take your shots with fades and things like that down the field with some touch and not just with velocity. Like that's the type of quarterback that you drafted. So why are we trying to make him into this other thing? And it's funny because, you know, Justin Fields is on the other sideline and it's like, okay, well, if you wanted the big arm quarterback, then you, you should have right. just drafted the guy you're playing against tonight, not the guy that you have. So I, I understand that he did that at Alabama. I understand that they had success with it in moments in the first three weeks of the season. Certainly against Baltimore stands out as a game where they were able to push the football down the field. But that is not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is the Hunter Henry play. It's not the cover two hole 40 yards down the field. And and what I would add to that is I think there is a room. there is room for Mac Jones to make that throw in the offense. And like you said, he did it at Alabama. But the trick is... You set it up with that underneath stuff, right? And the defense cheats up. You, it, it, you know, then you get cover one, and, they, and they're right, coming down right. underneath. They're bringing a robber, and then all of a sudden, that stuff down the field opens up. I do think Mac Jones has the arm to make those downfield throws, but like you said, he's not going to fit it in between two guys, right? There's three or four quarterbacks in the world that can make that throw. They're running. It's it's almost like they're doing the second the second it with with a quarterback like Mac Jones and their offense was built like this for years even with Brady throw the ball to the short and intermediate and just keep hitting the plays the defense will give you and when the defense steps up to take those away then you burn them over the top right. it's pretty basic they're it almost feels like what the Mac Jones offense is this year is just skipping that first step of the short and intermediate and just going over the top. Oh, yeah. And yeah. when you don't set it up that way again you're just asking the quarterback to make throws that nobody makes on a regular basis yeah i mean he's 10.4 air yards per attempt second in the league right an average air yards per attempt is that is that what's best for mac jones it, to be second in the league in air yards per attempt and to attempt over 20 passes of 20 plus yards in the air on 120 dropbacks in four games like that's just not the player that that he is and the player that you drafted and maybe like like we've been saying maybe he did that at alabama but this isn't alabama Right. right. This isn't the SEC. Well, it's also Alabama set it up. You right. have to set it up first. And this isn't the SEC. And he's not throwing to Devontae Smith and John Mechie and Jalen Waddle and all these guys that are significantly better than the guys that they're going up against in the secondary. This is a this is the NFL, and you have to adapt to the skill set at the player that you have. And I just don't feel like they're doing that. And that's not excusing Mac for some of the mistakes he made. You know, the wire throw is what I'm going to call it from now on, right? That ESPN right. has already debunked that it didn't hit the wire. Okay. It didn't hit the wire. I know it. The wire shakes. The wire shakes. The wire it, shakes. The wire. It's not. What, what illusion? illusion? The wire's actually 15 yards above the ball. I've, Source? Well, we're supposed to believe you? Well, they do have next-gen tracking data that can probably tell you if it hit the wire or not. And and why? Well, why didn't they put that data out then? 
You want, Look, I'm not. You, you want Wiregate in context I, right now? I'm not you saying. I do. I do. I'm not saying that this is what lost them the game. I'm not Coming using this to ESPN excuse PR. the Patriots, but I, I, I love a good controversy like this. That I know what I saw. That wire, and by, don't tell me it was the wind. I looked later in the game when they were having there the issues punting. I, I looked up the wind when they were having issues punting. It was two miles an hour. Those wires are thick. Those are big wires that hold that camera up. Don't. It didn't hit the wire. Regardless, 15 yards above. Get out of here. Regardless if it hit the wire or not, it's, it's a bad decision. And it was a bad decision, right? but it hit the wire. So, again, I I think we're we've hit we've beaten this one enough that I think people get the point of what's going on. I don't think the, you get the point that it hit the wire. Oh my god. Okay. Let, let, let's take some of these calls, and and then I, I do want to talk about the defense. I think that you know obviously yeah. there's a lot of issues to talk about from Monday night there as well. But I, I want to get to get to the people. Todd, North Carolina. Todd, what's up, man? Well, I think Barth hit on it earlier. The biggest problem with this team is it's not prepared. You know, people talk about the transition to Brady and all this stuff. Well, Brady went into a team that was prepared and was loaded for bear. Our line, our D-line, our O-line, it's just not there. And those are your core things. If you can't have line play, the rest of your – it doesn't matter who you got in your defensive backfield or your offensive backfield, it's pointless. Neither of these quarterbacks are going to succeed until they fix the O-line. And our DBs, and we're going to get in our run defense. It's all going to be toasted until they fix the, the lines. And I, I don't know if it's a speed issue or if it's an old age issue or what on both sides. And I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you. Yeah. The, thanks, Todd. I appreciate that. Yeah. The the line of scrimmage talk is important, and, and yeah. this is sort of where I think we were headed uh, with this next thing on the defense. But we can start with the offense because I, I had the offensive line issues written down uh, as well on the rundown here. First of all, I, I would say that the the blocking, especially the the run blocking, the pass blocking was good in the two games that they won. But the run blocking has been on my radar for a couple weeks now because the Detroit game I felt like was, and you know me, I'm anti running back, right? I running backs don't matter. Right. Like I subscribe to that theory. That was one of the first games in a while that I can say a Patriot running back actually like put the running game on his back and and mattered right Ramondre Stevenson against Detroit mattered 111 yards after contact nine forced missed tackles like that wasn't necessarily that they were blowing Detroit off the ball and they were you know no one was touching Ramondre for 20 yards right like that was Ramondre making things happen with the football in his hands that was an excellent game by a running back so I actually thought the blocking in Detroit was so-so or against Detroit here at Gillette was so-so. But Ramondre just put the team on his back and went full beast mode and was able to rush for 160 anyway. They didn't run the ball well against Cleveland. They didn't run the ball well last week against the Bears. We are trending in a direction now with this offensive line where I think there are multiple spots of issue, and then there's also a five-man unit or a six if you want to count the tight end, seven if you want to count the tight end, and the sixth offensive lineman when they do that, whatever, with the whole blocking scheme in general. And I think the biggest thing that you see that has the personnel concern is obviously what's going on at tackle, right? I mean, Trent Brown has completely regressed. Six penalties, four penalties on Monday night, six quarterback pressures allowed in the last two weeks, like has kind of fallen off the rails here at right tackle. Marcus cannon, I think is less mistake prone, right? Like he's not getting the bad penalties, the bad pre-snap penalties that Isaiah Wynn was getting and the sacks or the pressures that he's giving up aren't completely leading to huge sacks or, you know, horrible plays for the quarterback, right? Injuries and things like that. But he's, 
a limited pass protector. And he gave up three hurries in the game on Monday night. One of them was on Max Pick, where the uh, he didn't pick up the stunt, and the guy came in front of him and uh, sneaked inside. Uh, those are the types of things that you see with Cannon. When he has to redirect and move his feet to recover to a spot, he has issues with doing that with foot speed and, and with a change of direction at this stage of his career. So I think both tackle spots are issues. I think Cole Strange has played fine, but I think that he's somebody that you're supposed to be carrying with the other right. four guys on the line. He's not supposed to be day one, your, your superstar, or your top lineman. So they've got to get the tackles figured out and they got to get those guys playing better football and now you have David Andrews in concussion protocol which adds insult to injury here as well yeah it's more the tackles to me I think the interior we'll see what happens without Andrews what that looks yeah. like the interior has been fine I, you that, know, that's it it's been if, fine if the interior was their biggest issue offensively they'd be in pretty good shape right yeah, now I, I guess fine. is my point they, they got to figure out what's going on at tackle and Isaiah Wynn was at practice today we'll see you know so was he benched was he hurt he was inactive uh, Yadin Kajus came back as well. I don't know, you know, if we want if it's Yadin Kajus coming back to save the day. If that's kind of where we're at, but at least he's look. I, he's not going to save the day, but I think with Marcus Cannon, Marcus Cannon can still get on a double team and move people. Yeah, at the NFL level, right? Him and Mike Onwenu on a double team is a people moving block. Right, that is still effective. But Yadin Kajus, the one thing that you can say about him is that he is athletic and yeah. he's got good foot speed. So maybe. There is a world where Yadni is active and they go 6 0 line a little bit more like they were doing with Wynn and Cannon. And maybe Yadni is the right tackle and Cannon's technically the, the tackle eligible, right, as the sixth guy on the line or whatever way you want to line it up. But you maybe put Yadni in more positions to move his feet versus Marcus Cannon just blowing people over, right? I, I, right. Think, I think that could be a. a some help there it's kind of what I think they are going for with Isaiah Wynn right like he's got a little bit more athleticism a little bit more foot speed and Marcus Cannon's kind of the bulldozer and, and those two work well next to one another well that was another thing they missed you know when you talk about the Mac offense versus Zappy offense that's six t- uh six offensive line set granted they couldn't do it they only had two yeah. tackles dressed but yeah getting getting Kajus back will be big they they need to figure out something because when you start moving around too many pieces on the offensive line it, yeah, continuity is such a big part of it, right? When you start moving too Speed many pieces around, right? And now you know, right tackle, we're not sure. Center, there's going to be a backup. It's it just you're putting a lot on everybody's plate, not just the offensive line, but everybody, the quarterback, because he's got to communicate calls, all of that. Yeah, it's a really big undertaking for James Ferentz and potentially Jason Hines. If it's not James Ferentz, uh, that those two guys are going to have to really step up with the calls because you're not going to have you know the other guards like Mike Onwenu. I, I'm you know it's year three right in the system for him, so right. maybe he could help out. But Cole Strange is certainly not going to help out, and he's got Quinn and Williams lining up over him this week, so yeah. he's got enough on his plate to not throw making line calls into the equation as well. So. Certainly, it, that that line has creep, crept up on them. Like, it was a strength for a little bit there. Yeah. It was a weakness early on in the season, and they seemed to figure it out there for a little bit. But you mentioned the, the max protect stuff or the extra protection, I guess, is a better way of putting it. I think that's another really good point of this Zappy-Mac conversation as well. When they bring Zappy in the game, take out forget about the play action for a second, right? Because that's right. obviously a help any, as well, but not to harp on that point anymore. Uh, when they bring Zappy in the game, they are only using a five-man protection 50% of the time with Bailey Zappi. 
a lot of the time they're using extra guys, right? They're right. using six, seven lo- uh, blockers in uh, to help him and keep him clean. When Mac is in the game, they're five-man protection 80% of the time, a 30% difference. So not only is are, are they catering some of the route concepts and some of the dressing it up differently for Bailey Zappi, but they're also protecting him differently. And by the way, some people will, I think, hear that and say, well, why does Mac need to be protected, protected more? He's supposed to be better. He's the first-round pick. It, it, that's not what it is. What it is, you have essentially a rebuilt offensive line. Four new starters from last yeah. year. And look, we're seven weeks into this thing now, but things are still moving around. Like I just said, you're going to have a new center next week, maybe a new tackle, a new tackle last week. Adding, you know, adding to the protection is not necessarily about the quarterback. It might be about the line, Right. The offensive line we knew from camp was going to be a question. They didn't bought, They didn't do anything to kind of help with that issue when Mac was in. Then suddenly when Zappy was in, they did. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's weird that they made that switch when they did. I get. Yeah, rookie quarterback. You want to protect him more, of course, of course. But it's not like Mac didn't need the elevated protection. It's not like he was getting clean pockets right. all the time with five blockers. He's being rushed constantly. So that was a weird one for me. Yeah, I mean you go out there and. Uh, some of the plays I broke down already with Mac, like it's five man protection. He's got pressure, you know, on the pick that he threw, he had pressure. And then you look at Bailey Zappi, and when they dial up things to go down the field, it's six, seven guys in the protection. You got six guys in to protect. You keep the tight end in. The back also is sort of, although the you know a lot of it's play action, so the back is involved in the fake. Once he's done with the fake, he's not running a route, right? He's staying in and kind of playing like a personal protector type of role in case anybody leaks through. So you have all this protection loaded up. Mac, it's like, okay, we're going to go three wide and we're just going to throw the ball down the field and make him read the full field and yada, yada, yada. Then Bailey gets in the game and they've probably drew up the best play they've had all season on the Myers to touch uh, Myers touchdown. And there, you know, it's three guys in the route. It's seven guys in to protect and it's a game plan shot. Not right on top of that. Right. It's like a scheme wrinkle on top of that. So it, it just seems like it's so different. You know, Devonte Parker's throw down the field again is seven guys in the protection, hard play action, seven into protect three in the route. Like it's, it's simplified and it, and it's protected. And then with Mac, it's like, oh, we're just going to spread out the field right. and we're going to make you throw the ball deep. And again, it's not necessarily about, oh, we're going to make more of an effort to protect Bailey Zappi. It's, well, the offensive line can't block him with five. Right. So why are you still trying to block with five with one guy and not with the other? All right. Patty and Aguam, thanks for hanging on with us. How are you doing, Patty? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, thanks. What you got? So I got a Mac question. Um, just want to know if my eyes are, are telling me the truth when, I, when I've been watching him play when he's been out there. To me, it looks like, um, and you guys, I mean, you guys are much more nuanced and, and breaking down game film, so it seems like he's sort of predetermining where he's going to go with the ball, and he's not really going through his reads. Am I, am I like, am I close there? Does it look like he's sort of just locking on the one guy pre-snap, and that's no matter what, that's where he's going? Yeah, honestly, I I didn't think he was doing it as much in the first three games of the season as that. This is something, Patty, that I think people are starting to catch on, right? Uh, what's going on? And this game against uh, the Bears, I thought he did it a lot more. Yeah, where a lot of things were predetermined. Now, I mentioned the thrower earlier. I think the, the 
the fade that he threw to Taekwon that they yeah. almost hit on. That's a blitz, right? So in right. that situation, Taekwon's the hot receiver, right? So right. if you get the blitz and you get the single high, like that's your hot. So you're just one step drop and the ball is out to the vertical. So that's a, a kind of like a predetermined thing already on its own. But we mentioned the one with Myers, like that's the same play that they called for Zappi against Detroit and they hit it for a touchdown. Remember now? Yeah. The, di- the down and distance was different, right? Because they're, or, or, you know, where the situation in the game. Zappy was on like the 23 yard line, right outside the red zone. So that's not a very far throw, right? That, that's now like a 20 yard pass in the air instead of like a 35 yard pass in the air. So that's a big difference. But Zappy was able to come off the seam and hit the vertical on the outside when he saw the safety cheating into the seam, right? Th- so these are sort of those second or third progression reads that Zappy is getting to maybe a little bit more than Mac, but I, I do think some of it again points to what we were just talking about with the offensive line and the protection. I, I don't I think on that play that with Mac, although it's the same play, I don't know if he necessarily had the same protection or the same time in the pocket to get off the first read and get to the second. But I have noticed him hang on to the first read a little bit longer than what we saw at times last year, which is another part of this whole equation. Yeah, I think, I think it just goes back to him being sped up, right? Which is quarterbacks have that internal clock, right? They know based on their offensive line, the defensive line, the play call, what they think the defense is running. All right, I got three seconds to get this ball out. I got two and a half seconds. I got, you know, 2.3 seconds, whatever it is. You have an idea in your head as a quarterback of how much time you have to get rid of the ball. And that clutch, that's called the internal clock. That clock can get sped up with pressure. If you you think you have 2.5, right, on a play, and you, you run that play, and you're not getting the 2.5 on a regular basis, or whatever number you think you have in your head, if you're consistently not getting that much time, you're going to speed up your process. And what can happen is it, it just throws everything off, because it's all based off that internal clock, everything the quarterback's doing. Mac started looking sped up this past summer in training camp, and I think that's where this happens, where he's taking more time or less time with different things, just because... I don't think he's totally sure how much time he has in the pocket. And the other element of it is he has been blitzed quite a bit this year, and you don't go through progressions when you're blitzed. Like you said, you throw to the hot receivers. So I think some of the talk of him not going through his reads is probably more circumstantial than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the call, Patty. We really appreciated uh, one of our, our regulars right there, Patty from Agawam. So appreciate the call. Uh, Jay in Providence, you're next up, Jay. What's going on? Hey guys, um, big fan. Have always Thank focused you. on your podcast and stuff. It's great to have you back together. Thank you. Thank you. First thing I want to say is um, it seems unusual to me the way that they're handling Mac. If you want to force a player into a vertical offense like the one you described, trying to get him to hit cover two holes and things that require a strong arm or at least a lot of confidence, while also sending him the message that if he seemingly sending him the message that if he turns the ball over once. He'll be pulled for the backup who's running the baby offense that made him look like take him to the Pro Bowl and the playoffs and so forth. I, I I don't quite understand why you would be asking a player to do that. It seems like he's going to be pausing on those reads or you know seeing Jacoby Myers running up uh, on the sideline and, and, and not wanting to pull the trigger. Um, I, I also think that um, it seems to me that uh, a lot of uh, the, the, the Patriots fan base has been criticized for, for latching on to the Brady-Bledsoe mythology and applying the kind of like the logic of the dynasty for the last 20 years to the last two or three years. 
it's weird to me that Belichick is looking at Bailey Zappi coming the game and, and running the baby offense and, and hitting wide open receivers and and maybe he's buying into his own mythology that uh, Zappi could be the the Brady to Max Bledsoe. I hope that he saw the Bears game yesterday and concluded that maybe he had deluded himself. After all, Mac is speaking today at 4 p.m. at the Wednesday presser, which usually is reserved for the starting quarterback. So I, I, I'd like to know whether you think that that maybe means that uh, that uh, Bill is, is going to do what a lot of fans want him to do, which is stick with Mac and, and live or die with him. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem, Jay. Thanks for calling. I, I, it's an interesting question about, you know, this is sort of gets into the where they go from here, right? right. And I think that's, that's a good logical next step here. And I, I look, we've been harping, or at least I've been harping, and I think we share the same, we agree on this, is that it's a balance, right? Like there's got to right. be a middle ground where you can open up the offense a little bit more for Mac Jones to make bigger plays down the field, but you're doing so while still keeping in mind that this is just a second year quarterback with 22 starts under right. his belt or whatever the case is. I think it's 22. So at some point there has to be a balance, right? And some of the training wheels stuff or the, you know, I think what Jay called it, the baby offense or whatever, yeah. like some of that stuff still has to be present in every playbook. Like it's not like Aaron Rodgers is going out there and running all these full field progressions every single time he drops back. You know, they have a lot of RPO and they have a lot of motion plays and they have a lot of early down, just easy throws for him to get the football out quickly and stuff like that. And it goes back to as well. And not, I'm not comparing Brady to these two guys in terms of their play. Remember Brady's first like eight to 10 games in Tampa and he's running Bruce Arians' yeah. offense and he's changing, well. he's changing who he is, right? He's yeah. run, to, to fit their offense instead of bringing his playbook. He's trying to run the Bruce Arians offense. And the two things that you heard about that situation were one, he's getting killed, right? Because you're, you're holding the football for all this vertical stuff to happen down the field. Right. So you're getting killed. And that's another element of the protection too, that I think is important to mention is that these downfield, you got to hold the ball, right? You got to wait for it to develop. So you got to hold the football. So he's getting killed doing it. Yeah. And then around what, like week eight, nine, whatever 10, their bye week was they all of a sudden you start hearing these rumblings on broadcasts and from Tampa reporters that, they're running more Brady stuff, right? They're yeah, run- I, I think somebody said metaphorically he kicked Bruce Arians out of the room. Yeah, they're running more vintage Bel- Belichick, Brady, right. Patriots stuff. Starco more off play action, right. that kind of thing. Right. The tight ends more were short more involved. intermediate stuff. Remember, Gronk, Gron- more involved, like Gronk wasn't right. involved at the beginning. He was really just a blocker Yeah. until that, that switch, and they start getting him involved a lot more. So, uh, to me, it's nothing to do with comparing the situations or comparing the players, but I, I think the scheme is what we're comparing, right? And right. I think Brady told you, like, this is not a sustainable offense. Like, this is a chuck and duck, no risk it, no biscuit, as Bruce Arians is, like, famous line. The, the 30-30 offense with right. Jameis Winston. Right, This is not a, a good NFL offense in terms of efficiency. Like, yeah, you might hit some big plays down the field, but in terms of efficiency, this is not a good offense. And they moved away from it, and then they won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Patriots will win a Super Bowl if they move away from it too, but right. they had a lot more success with it. So, look, uh, the back talking this afternoon, do you make anything of that? And Last week it was Bailey Zappi. I think it's been Bailey Zappi pretty consistently since Mac got injured. I think maybe we had one week where it was Brian Hoyer, yeah. uh, the the Packers game. Going into right. the Packers game, it was Brian Hoyer. Uh, but the last two weeks it's been Bailey Zappi. This week it's Mac Jones. Do you, do you make anything of that? I... I don't know. 
I not not definitively. Like I'm I'm back and forth in my head of what it could mean. So, you know, does it cuz they don't have to give the starting quarterback, right? Just a quarterback. The obligation is a quarterback, but I I do believe that it's technically written as the starter, but it's not necessarily. Well, if, it, if Bill, are, like Bill said this morning, we'll see who the starter is. He hasn't named a starter yet, so these are all all these media rules are 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 like more like guidelines. Look, it was right? Zappy last <laughs> week. Maybe it's Mac this week. Maybe they go back to Zappy next oh week. Maybe God. it's a rotation. Maybe Mac's going to do the first they're, half they're, of their they're presser. platooning the press conference. They're going to platoon now, the press also. conference. Um, I, I don't make a ton of it. You know, maybe it is Bill kind of, you know. It, it wasn't a good look when he pulled Mac. It wasn't a good look. Maybe this is a, hey, you're still the guy. You're still the starter, like that sort of thing. But I don't know. I don't read into that stuff too much. I don't read too much it into Because it, it could also just be, look, this is going to be a tough press conference for whoever it is, Mac or Bailey, yeah. right? It's going to be t- a lot to handle. I feel I feel for whoever it is. Maybe this is Mac's, Mac's been here for a year and a half. He has more media training. They just trust him more in that spot Yeah. to answer the questions. But, say, not that they don't trust Zappi to answer the question, but he's a rookie. You're throwing him into a lot. He also said some things on EEI that I think they would have rathered him buttoned up a little bit, but that's besides the okay. point. I, I think the well, other, no, that's that's exactly my point. Like yeah, Max going to be more prepared. I think the other thing though is is too is this morning or this afternoon, twelve forty five, Belichick press conference. I get it. Look, they haven't practiced. He hasn't talked to the team. Maybe I think that was a good point that Paul brought up or Fred brought up that, look, maybe he wants to address the team first and they weren't in the players weren't in yesterday. So they didn't get a chance to tell the team first, Hey, Max starting or Hey, right. Bailey starting. Right. And then you go in tomorrow. We, we talked to Bill again, maybe tomorrow Bill names a starter for this weekend at least. Right. right? Maybe that's how they're going to handle it. And maybe that's the way it will go. But by getting up there this morning, and giving the we'll see, we'll see, we'll see response. Now when Matt gets up there at the podium this afternoon, he's going to get peppered by uh, with questions about it. I think it's a much different mood in that Mac Jones press conference if it's Bill named him the starter this morning, and then he gets up there and he's just asking answering questions about starting on Sunday. Right. Right. Like Now we're almost back to normal. This inviting, I think in a lot of ways, is inviting – the same peppering that Belichick took at 1245 over the quarterback situation is now they're now bringing it upon Mac, right? Like now Mac is going to have to answer the same questions too and be asked the same questions and, and kind of fall on the sword here today for the situation, right? From a player perspective. And, and that, that I think is really difficult yeah. for a player. I, I do. All right. What, what stands out to me on it. Sorry. One quick point. Yeah. You go back, and I talk about this all the time, historical context, right? Find the patterns. Bill's been doing this for so long. There's bound to be tendencies. Last time they had any sort of uncertainty at the quarterback position was 2020, right? Right. And do you remember how Bill handled that? Cam's a starter. Every chance he got. And I get the team finished 7-9. and They didn't finish where anybody wanted them to finish. But I actually think it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I I would, would... what Bill did by con- continually reaffirming Cam as the starter was there was direction. Everybody got behind him. Cam was a clear leader on and off the field. And say what you will about Cam as a player, but it never felt like that locker room fell apart. It never felt like those guys quit that season, right? Where I think it would have been really easy to kind of create a battle in the locker room over who the quarterback should be. Fast forward to now, I would say there's even more reason to stand. You just took Mac Jones in the first round, right? Cam Newton 
he didn't have a long-term future in New England. Even if he played well, he was 33 years old. He was on a one-year contract. He was not a 10-year plan kind of guy at that point in his career. He wasn't. Mac Jones could be. Mac yeah. Jones could be, but you're adding a level of uncertainty to it inside the building. The, the way And look, maybe Bill's gone in there and told them that Mac, Mac starter, Bailey starter, whatever, but it's, it's a little striking to see how he handled in 2020 versus how he's handling it now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last caller here on the screen. Uh, ben, how you doing? Hey, I'm a big fan of both of you. Uh, two you. quick questions. Uh, why did Jamie Collins open the game at linebacker like against the athletic quarterback like Justin Fields? And who was the quarterback spy? Because it kind of felt like the Patriots did not have one. And then um, I think it's under the radar, but is Stevenson taking over for Dave, Damian Harris as the starter? Thanks, guys. Taking it off. Thanks for calling, Ben. I appreciate it. First question, I I wanted to move over to the defense, so that's a good segue. To answer the question about the spy, no. They they didn't have one (laughs) for most of that game. They didn't have one in man coverage. They didn't play a lot of man coverage. They played nine snaps in man coverage, 19 in zone. So they didn't play a ton of man. But when they did play man, I I think I sent you the third and 14. Yeah. Where uh, Justin Fields runs for, for 20 yards and picks up the first Middle down. Fields and uh, wide open. Wide open. Wide no, open. No spy. Adrian Phillips is playing robber at the sticks. I don't think he was a factor as a spy. It's a four-man rush. It's man coverage. The defense, you know, the secondary has their back to the quarterback, non-factors. And they're just trying to keep him in the pocket with the rush. And, and they weren't able to do that. And they let him out. So no spy and man. I thought from just a design or a plan standpoint, that was obviously not a good one. And this issue that they have with mobile quarterbacks and zone coverage is all pass rush related. It's all pass rush related. And what's happening is, is that you're either having guys over pursue or get up the field too far and allowing the quarterback to escape through the middle of the pocket, right? The A and B gaps, let's call it. Or, you're just having guys stand there and watch the quarterback play quarterback from the pocket. And yeah, you're making them throw and beat you from the pocket technically, but a lot of NFL quarterbacks, most NFL quarterbacks can make throws down the field when they're kept clean. If there's no pressure guys like Justin Fields, the guy that they're going to play on Sunday that we're going to talk about at the end here, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's numbers when he's kept clean in the pocket are terrific. Yeah. When he's under pressure, he craters, right? Like that that's a lot Mac I think it has similar it's a lot of young quarterbacks. Season. So just because you're keeping him in the pocket, if you're not getting any pressure on him, that doesn't matter. And, right. and then he can sit there and make throws and, and and all that kind of stuff. But the plays that really kill them are the ones where they let him out of the pocket and he moves the zone be- with his legs, right? Yeah. Because all of a sudden he breaks contain. Now he's on the run and guys in zone are pulled towards him, right? So the whole zone is moving towards the quarterback. And then all the receivers have to do is, is find the soft spots or find the openings and sit down and, and Justin Fields hits them with throws. Those are the ones that really kill you because you have good initial coverage. You have a good initial rush and then you let him out of the pocket. And now he's creating almost like a playground scramble drill at that point and those are the ones that are backbreakers and along with like the scrambles on third and 14 when you give up a first down to on a scramble like those are just can't happen because they're so deflating for the defense but we saw this with justin uh josh allen excuse me last year as well especially like the playoff game i kind of throw out because they were banged up and it was just a disaster right but the game in foxborough zone coverage everybody looking at the quarterback and people, no pressure, right? Like, he's right. got all day to throw behind the line of scrimmage. 
So those are the types of things that they have to get out of. And, uh, you know, I've always been an advocate of just rush them and maybe put a spy out there in man coverage. Like, I, I think that that's probably the best way to handle it. But I think it's sometimes like, you just got to get after him, you know, like I I think at some point in time, like I I think a really interesting quote that Devon Godshaw gave me after the game was that Justin Fields wrecked their third down game plan. Yeah. Because people, the, the players, the coaches, everybody was thinking so much about not letting him beat them with his legs and not getting out of the pocket that their usual dynamic third down rush package was completely neutralized just by Justin Fields' threat of him potentially right. taking off. And, and I think that they get caught in this no man's land of, well, we got to contain, but we got to pressure. So we're really kind of doing neither. Right. And and that's like what happens so much on these tapes against mobile quarterbacks. And then the design thing runs are a whole different ball game. But in terms of passing plays and how the mobile quarterbacks affecting it, I just don't think that they have any, a great grasp on what exactly it is. Are they, they're trying to do, are they trying to pressure him? Or are they trying to contain him? Like which one are they going to go with? Because right now guys are doing different things. Some guys are going after him. Some guys are staying back, and it just looks kind of like a mess, honestly. Well, I think what's hurt them, they they do have some guys who are talented enough, and it's not easy to find guys like this, but there are some guys who are talented enough to do both. You look at Matthew Judon, who's a very disciplined rusher, right? Can stay in front of a quarterback as long as he needs to to ultimately close in and get the sack without too much of a risk. Another guy like that is Christian Barmore, and they missed him badly in this game because— Daniel Aquali got turned around a couple times. Sam Roberts on one on his one defensive snap got turned around. They just, they didn't, I, I almost feel like they recognized they didn't have the athleticism to go after him. And they, they, they were too hands off. There's a certain element of you don't want to aggressively pursue him too much because when he breaks it, he's going to be able to run forever. But by staying as off as they did, yeah. they just naturally created those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, the old adages you don't want to chase the chicken right right like you don't you don't want to pin your ears back and chase them around the field and, and turn it into a, a a game of tag right right because justin Fields is going to beat you in a game of tag every single day of the week but unfortunately he did turn it into a game of tag because either they were coming after him undisciplined or they weren't coming after him right at all. they were so far away from him that he had room to run anyway right so right. it just they got to find a better way of striking that balance between the two things. And maybe it's by not balancing at all. Like maybe, right. maybe it's just like, okay, this is too difficult to strike a balance on this. So instead of trying to do the old uh, star Wars trash compactor and just kind of collapse the pocket around him and not let him out because it's kind of hard to push a pocket like that consistently. Right. right? So instead of doing that, like we're just going to let four guys go after him. We're going to put Mac Wilson or Kyle Duggar or Adrian Phillips as a spy of one of our faster, better tacklers in the open field is going to spy him and we're just going to play football. Right. And, and, And I think that that's, I hope where the adjustments start to come. Now, Zach Wilson. I I will say again, though, getting, you know, there's some things in the game you look at schematically and how do they change this and that. Getting Christian Ballmore back will help with that. I think that's that's an issue that maybe, you know, once they get their personnel back, they'll be in better shape. Yeah. Uh, Quickly on the design quarterback runs, then I want to talk about the Jets. Yeah. The design quarterback runs, I think, are interesting um, as well to dissect because, well, first of all, Design quarterback runs are tough to defend. Like yes. everybody's got problems with design quarterback runs, especially when you have a guy like Lamar or a guy like Justin Fields, who, for statistically, and I would say for my money, are the two best running quarterbacks in the league right now. And just in terms of pure skill with the ball in their hands, right? right. So 
yeah, those guys are just tough to tackle. Like they're they're very very good at what they do. Now, from a numbers standpoint, what what always challenges and and the Patriots took advantage of the numbers count with Cam and the whole 2020 season. The one thing they yep. probably did well on offense was taking advantage of this. Like when they go empty, for instance, like they did on the touchdown and, and they did it again on third down on that QB sweep play. You're you're just it's five on five it's blocking numbers. and he's the sixth guy and there's unless somebody gets off a block. He's going to pick it up, right? Like, it's just numbers. It's just right. math. Okay. Now, the one thing that you see, though, with some of these read plays, like counter reads or gap reads or zone reads, the second re- the second level of the defense, I think, at times, we've seen it with Mac Wilson. Uh, there was a play that I highlighted in my post with Jawan Bentley. Eye discipline is huge right. because what's happening right now is that second level is getting caught trying to read out the mesh point. Like instead of Jawan Bentley just saying, I got the B gap, right? Like the puller comes to me, I'm meeting him in the gap and that's my responsibility. He's standing there and trying to scan, right? Like he's trying to read out and react to the play. So what's he end up doing? He ends up false stepping. It makes him easier to block. They get the crease on him, and now it's a big play, right? Like those are right. the things that are happening with the design quarterback run. So run defense in general, it's you know it's it's obvious like in the fit, like you have a responsibility and you got to play team defense. Like it, your job is your job, my job is my job. But even more so with design quarterback runs, you have to just. I know it's cliche and I know it's their mantra around here, but you you got to do your job. Right. right, you can't be a hero. You can't try to read out the play. Oh, he's giving it to the back, and now I'm going backside B gap to the, you know the the edge and making the tackle. Like, don't be a hero. Like, just play your gap. Like, just play right. your assignment. And I think if they can get back to assignment based football like that, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, they don't have the speed. Right? We how many times do we hear that? They don't have the team speed. They don't have the athleticism in the front seven. They need a playmaking linebacker. They need better eyes. That's what they need. Right? I don't mean like you know, I don't mean that literally. I just mean like they need right. they need to be more disciplined with what they're reading and how they're playing uh, the the scheme. So uh, I don't necessarily think that it's like an athleticism thing as much as I think it is a eye discipline and a, and a reading thing. And, and those counter read plays, uh, that's what they ran at Baltimore ran and the, the bears just copied it, right? They just right. literally took it and they copied it into their game plan and they ran the exact same play against the Patriots and the exact same results happened. So if you can just get the linebacker level back to just, playing their assignment and not trying to be a hero and read out the mesh point and find the football and all that kind of stuff. Like pullers coming, you got to press the puller, right? Like you meet the puller in the gap, like that simple. Don't worry about the handoff going the other direction. Like we got guys that are worrying about that. Your responsibility is over here. And that I think is what's happening a lot of the time on the design quarterback runs. Yeah. Anyways, jets, jets, got to talk about the jets. I looked up some of these numbers uh, this morning. The Patriots won 12 straight games against the Jets. Yeah. Going back to 2015. Uh, the last quarterback to beat the Patriots in a Patriots-Jets game was. Oh, man. I'm usually good with this stuff. I know. I'm um, putting you on the spot. 2015. Wow. It was it. Uh, it wasn't Hackenberg. I don't know who was it. Fitzmagic. Oh, I should have had Ryan that. Wow, Fitzpatrick. I had that. 
who's now retired. I know what game you're NFL. talking about. Too. I know exactly what. I think they won by a field goal, right? In overtime. Yeah. Do you remember who the head coach of the Jets was that day? Wasn't Ryan anymore. Nope. It was. It was Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Still. Okay. So they've gone through since that game. They're on their second head coach, right? Because yep. they went to. Um, of course, now I'm blanking. Now they're on Robert Sala, obviously. And, uh, oh, uh, Adam Gase. <laughs> Adam Gase, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Adam Gase, right. So they're on Adam Gase, and they go to Robert Sala. They're on their second GM, right, because McCagney right. gets fired now. Joe Douglas is the general manager. They have started 10 different quarterbacks <laughs> since <laughs> that game. 10. 10 different quarterbacks Well, they started, what, game. four guys last year, I think, alone. Yeah. Even post-Brady, 2020 and 2021. Yeah. 4-0. Yeah. An average margin of victory of 19 points a game. 137 to 60 is the aggregate score in those four games with Cam Newton and Mac Jones as the quarterback for the Patriots. So even post-Brady, yeah. the Patriots have dominated the Jets. That's the one team they've always beaten. Even with all the rebuilding and you know the, the post-Brady stuff, they're still beating the crap out of the Jets. But this feels like a game the Jets should be favored in. And this feels like a game that... I'll put it to you this way. This feels like a real football game now, right? Like, this doesn't feel like, oh, we're playing uh, a get-right game, right? right? Like, we got an easy one this week, guys. Don't worry about it. It's the Jets, right? The Jets' defense is trending in a really positive direction. They're 10th in, in DVOA now. They're second in this win streak in EPA per play. They, they have a, a budding defense. Yep. I'm going to get to Zach in a second because he's still a disaster. But their defense is fantastic, and I think when you look at the way that they've built their defense, you have to give Joe Douglas and Robert Sala a lot of credit because some people play Madden, right? And they just pick guys off the draft board that are, you know, uh, talented, right? Like for the Jets, I think Stingley went three, right? So they didn't have a chance to take take him. Right. And then then Sauce goes four to the Jets. But, like, that would be like if they had both corners on the board and they pick Stingley instead of Sauce, right? Because Sauce fits exactly what they do. Like, he's... Richard Sherman 2.0 for Robert right. Sala. Stingley's man coverage guy. Like it wouldn't have been a good fit in this in the zone scheme that they run. So they've it's done about a, uh, it's about uh, collect. It's it's not about collecting talent. It's about building a team. They've built a team. They yeah. have on, on defense. defense. On defense. On defense. <laughs> they've built a defense. So I think the the couple moves that I ha- I, I I'll highlight retaining Quinnen Williams and John Franklin Myers through the rebuild. Great decisions yep. by that front office because both of those guys if you're going to run this seattle three system which is what they do they're play zone in the back end three quarters things like that you got to have a four-man pass rush you yep. got to be able to get home with four because you don't want to take guys out of coverage because you're trying to cover in zone right so you don't want to have to only drop six or drop five into zone like they're going to be screwed so you got to be able to get after the quarterback with four so they retain quinton williams and they retain john franklin myers through the rebuild two really good moves by them because those are two guys that can get after the quarterback without much bells and whistle right they don't need to blitz they don't need to do stuff like that at linebacker quincy williams is a player that i don't think a lot of people know uh he is a very athletic linebacker. And when you're going to play zone, you need linebackers that can cover space, right? Yep. So he's somebody that can do it. And then obviously CJ Mosley is a really good and athletic player as well. Yep. And then what they did with the fourth overall pick last year in the draft was, was draft sauce. Right. Who I know a lot of people, I put some praise for sauce on Twitter. Uh, the boss, Fred Kirsch told me to be quiet, right? He said, don't, don't be praising jets players, but 
a lot of people came at me, oh, he, he you know, DPI, right? Like, he's always right. holding guys. Like, go, go watch Richard Sherman play. He's always holding guys, too, right? Like, that's just, he's long, he's physical, that's his style of play. But he's six foot three. he's got great length to disrupt the catch point. It's almost like throwing to, like, by a soccer goalie, right? Because right. he can stand there in zone coverage and just cover so much ground with his length. Uh, he's got great route recognition in zone. And then when they play like some of their locked coverages, like their Mabel coverages and things like that, where they lock the backside in man, he can cover guys in man because he's got the fluidity right. to do that as well. He is a Richard Sherman clone. He lit- he really is. Now, we'll see if he ends up having that type of career. It's He's seven games in. But seven games in, uh, 51 passer rating into his coverage, 10 pass breakups Yeah, through seven games as a rookie. Re- leads the league in pass breakups. So they got their corner, and he only plays exactly like Sherman, plays his side. He's a left corner. He doesn't move. He doesn't travel, right? Like right. He's just going to play his side of the field. So that's what they've done defensively. They've really built this defense. They're not collecting talent. They know what scheme they want to run. They know what Robert Sala does, and they have built this defense in Robert Sala's image right. of what the defense should look like, to their credit. And – I think that they deserve some of the flowers that they're getting for the fact that they've built a really good roster. They haven't really gone out in free agency and had any real terrible contracts. Like, I guess you could talk about the Corey Davis contract, maybe not the best signing, but they needed receivers and they got a receiver, kind of like the Patriots, the Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne or right. Devontae Parker. Um, and they didn't pay him $25 million a year or anything like that. He's making manageable money. And they've really uh, done a good job in free agency as well of spending, but not just spending to spend um, and, right. and spending calculated. Now, with all that praise aside, and, and you can offer your opinion on the defense if you want as well, but all that praise aside, Zach Wilson is still Zach Wilson. Yes. And that is, I think, the biggest thing that you look at in this game and you say, he's not Lamar, he's not Justin Fields, he can move, but, he can he's, move not, but he's not straight line fast like those two guys are. So you're not as worried about him getting out of the pocket and running away with the, with the game. So his splits when he is kept clean versus under pressure are insane. It's like... He's him and Mac, unfortunately, Mac as well, are near the bottom of the league in pretty much every metric when it comes to pressure, right? Yeah. Passer rating, turnovers, PFF grade, like whatever you want to use. Um, so really, you know, when you look at Wilson, it's still a big time question mark of whether or not they have the quarterback. And you look at their receivers, you know, Garrett Wilson. I, I we did a lot of Garrett Wilson talk and in, in uh, on the old pod. Uh, pre-draft i'm not like the biggest garrett wilson fan but he's a good player yeah. and he, he's a good receiver uh cory davis i mentioned um elijah moore is unhappy we'll, but he we'll he, see what the deal is with him yeah, yeah but he can play when he plays they have some receivers i know Brees hall was a big loss for them but overall what i'm getting at is their skill positions are pretty solid as well yeah. their line is still a problem zach wilson's still a problem but pretty much the rest of the roster is in pretty good shape. And I, I think once they address the line, I think that probably comes first. And then they probably... If they're uh, smart. Eventually, I think they build the line out. And then I think eventually they move on from Zach Wilson as well and, and restart there too. But it goes to show, ultimately, you know, look, they're, they've won four straight. So they're, they're not exactly in a terrible spot. But it goes to show that, like, if you don't have the quarterback position figured out, it still feels like a winnable game. Yeah, yeah, I get because they've got enough around, and it all makes sense what they're doing around. I mean, it sounds crazy to say it. Jets are kind of a well-coached team right now. They are. Outside of whatever's going on with Elijah Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, but I think yeah. that's more about Elijah Moore maybe than the, the coaching staff. It's a bizarre one, yeah. 
they they know what they're doing again. They've got to cover up for Zach Wilson. I think if you're the Patriots, I think you had texted me this. Like this could be a seeing ghost game again. Yeah. But you got to take an opportunity because if if you I don't know that the Jets are going to come out and win the game straight up. But if you in the past you could give the Jets a couple chances to get back in the game and they wouldn't be able to take them. Yeah. If you give the Jets chances, they're going to get back. They're going to get in this game. So that that's yeah. what it comes down to to me. And they're going to play great defense. Yeah. They're pretty clean on special teams as Belichick they, likes they, to They're going to keep about. that margin of error very tight. Right. So they they're going to make you drive the field most of the time unless you can yeah. pick Zach Wilson off, which is maybe possible, but this to me is one of those games for the Patriots to kind of get into like how the Patriots attack this, right? I think this is one of these games for the Patriots where if you're the Patriots defense, you have to come after Zach Wilson. Yeah. You, you have to basically dictate the terms of the game by being aggressive defensively. And you really need forget about like, Oh, we got to put the pressure on Zach Wilson and put the game on his shoulder. No, no, no. You'd have to come after him like right off the bat, because the one thing that you're going to need to do is you're really going to have to find ways to give the offense short fields. Because I don't think that the Patriots offense in the current state that it is in is going to drive the field consistently against this Jets defense. The defense is is playing out of its mind. So I don't think you're going to go 75 yards on the Jets defense too often right now, especially the way that they play. They really limit explosive plays with the zone. So like they don't really give up chunk yardage. So you're going to have to matriculate your way down the field if you're going to do it. Which... If they're in the zappy offense, <laughs> is doable. If they're in the Mac offense, yeah. that's that's not how the Mac offense operates. So it adds to kind of the weirdness of all right. of this. So, but ultimately, I think you really need to. This needs to be like a seeing ghost kind of game, right? Yeah. Like you need to pick off Zach Wilson two or three times. They they had a game like that last year in week two, right? The offense didn't really play very well. Mac is his second start in the NFL. wasn't one of his better games as a pro, and they were able to pick off. I think they picked him off three times by like the first drive yeah, that the sounds quarter. right it was twice i in think the first J- jc had two right i think jc had two and i think the first one that jc had was like the second play of the game right so you have to have a couple of those types of turnovers or field flipping type of plays by the defense uh, where you're able to really put the offense put it on a silver platter for, right for the offense and say now you get the ball at the at the uh jets 30 yard line like please get a touchdown right <laughs> yeah. you know one of those types of things or another five Nick Folk field goals. Yeah, sure. But this Jets defense is legit. It is. And, and they did it against the Packers. Uh, they did it last week, obviously, as well against Brett Ripon. So I'm not going to so, give yeah. them too and much even credit. Even with the Packers, that offense has been. But, yes, it's a good defense. It's still it's still the Packers, and they dominated the Packers. It wasn't like yeah. they you know yeah, played yeah, decent yeah. against the Packers. That was a flat-out domination on the defense side of the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I this is – you need to – take the game from Zach Wilson, yes. right? Like you need to force Zach Wilson to give you the football game because straight up right now, like this is a tough game for the Patriots. Like just looking at their it's a tough uh, matchup. Yeah. It's look, a tough matchup. Looking at their offense against the Jets defense. I, I, I have to give it to the Jets right now. Like I have to say that the Jets defense is better and uh, kudos to them. They, they've built a good D and they, they have a lot of young talent uh, on yep. both sides of the ball. I and mean, some of it's hurt, right? Like Elijah Vera Tucker and, and Brees Hall are hurt, which hurts them on offense, but they have a lot of really good young talent on this roster. It's a fun team. I hate to say that. Ugh, it sounds like disgusting coming it's, out of yeah, mouth, but yeah. it's a, it's a fun team. Uh, but if you're the Patriots, uh, you got to hang your hat on the fact that they don't have a quarterback. I still don't. I still no, don't it, believe it. In it, it all goes back to that until, you know, 
as long as you can take advantage, and we're, we kind of saw this with the Patriots last week against the Bears. If you can take advantage yeah. of the quarterback situation, any game is winnable. Yeah, and I also would say that you know we mentioned that that Wilson can move around a little bit. Uh, they they do move the pocket, right? So they yeah. they're. they're Shanahan ish I wouldn't say that it's like full-on Shanahan but they do the bootlegs and stuff like that at times they run some RPO on early downs as well to get the ball out of his hands quickly and he's pretty good at those um but he's again I the type of quarterback that I still think you can pin your ears back like he's not totally like he's not Jared Goff right like he can move right. around a little bit more than that but maybe he's like Jacoby Brissett right like you know you're still not dealing hey, he's more mobile than Jacoby I would say but yeah he's not you're not Zach dealing Wilson. with he's not uh Justin Fields or Lamar right. Jackson so I think this is one of those games we we're talking about earlier where you might just need to let the pass rush pass rush right like you gotta let the you pass need, rush. The, the one guy who really looked good on defense for the page well there were three. I thought Marcus Jones and Jack Jack Jones both had good games, but Matthew Judon's the one guy who's kind of been impervious to all of this. You, yeah, you need him in this game, big time. Yeah, uh, let, let, stunt the line, let Judon go after him. Like you know, Judon says he has those plays where he just has a full go. Right, like they don't tell him to contain or anything like that. I need like four or five of those in this game. It could be. It could be like just will I bring up the rookie corners though, specifically Jack. Could be a big game because, like you said, you're going to need a blitz in this one. Yeah, those guys are going to be out on an island. I think quite a bit if you game yeah. plan it the right way. And you know, it's not the Bengals or or the Rams in terms of the receiving core, but they've got some some real NFL talent there. And we know what Jalen Mills can do. But for Jack Jones, for Marcus Jones, I think this is going to be a big test for them. They're going to kind of be put in spots where the team's really going to rely on them without help to be able to lock some of these guys down. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too will be off man, which is Jack prefers yeah, that's where Jack wants to be and, and that allows him to not only you know you're playing man coverage but allows him to see the quarterback right so I, there's right. going to be opportunities to intercept balls like there's going to yes. be opportunities to pick him off yes and Jack Jones I if Jack Jones doesn't have an interception in this game then I'd be surprised and, and that's not good for the Patriots right, right? Does, like, yeah. like that that's that means that they didn't do the plan like they didn't right. execute what they were trying to execute all right, so uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll come back next week and, and see what this game looks like. I, I still don't think the, either one of these teams are in an elite tier where where this is like a statement game of any sort for either one, right? Like I don't know if like right. I'm going to come out of this game and be like, oh, well, maybe the Patriots aren't what we saw on Monday night like and be fully all in or if the Jets win and rattle off five straight, like I still don't think I'm going to be like, oh, well, maybe the Jets are contenders, right? They'd be right. the Patriots. But at the same time, like that, you know, I, I think that this is a big game for both teams. The Jets need to get the monkey off the back, right? Like they yeah. need to beat the Patriots uh, for the first time since Ryan Fitzpatrick and Todd Bowles were running the ship in new york and for the pats a, a big bounce back this week for sure yeah all right so we'll be back next week same time same place 2 to 3 p.m or on the re-air on the anywhere you get your podcasts right spotify apple google anywhere you get your pods you can find patriots catch 22 but until next time signing off for alex barth i'm evan lazar thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next wednesday see you Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. Patriots.